As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. It's the green marble theory that I like to think about and say, and that is if you have a green marble, maybe it's the ugliest green marble in the world, you put it on eBay, someone will find that green marble and want to buy it. So you put yourself out there based on your own brand and what you care about, you are going to find your tribe organically eventually. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck 
that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we're speaking with Sam Doggan. Sam, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing great, and thanks for joining us. A little bit about Sam. He's the founder of Financial Samurai. He has 17 years of real estate investing experience, owns multiple properties in San Francisco, Honolulu, and Lake Tahoe, has a commercial real estate portfolio consisting of 15 properties. He's based in San Francisco, California, and you can say hi to him at his website, financialsamurai.com. Sam, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? Sure. So I actually grew up overseas all across Asia and in Africa because my parents were in the U.S. Foreign Service. And I came to high school in the United States. And then I went to college at William and Mary in Virginia. And then I went to work on Wall Street in 1999. And so I worked in finance, mainly international equities from 1999 to 2012. And in 2012, I decided to negotiate a severance and get out of there because After the global financial crisis in 2008 to 2009, it just wasn't fun working in finance anymore. We were always the bad guys, even if we had nothing to do with the housing market. Again, I was in international equities, specifically Asian equities. And it just didn't feel good to work in that field anymore. And also the pay wasn't commensurate with performance anymore. You could have done really, really well with your clients, generated a lot of business, but you wouldn't have gotten paid commensurately because... Wall Street finance was busy subsidizing a lot of money-losing departments. So I decided, you know what, it's been a good career. Originally, I wanted to work until I was 40, but instead I left the industry when I was 34. And I decided to travel, spend more time with my wife, and focus on FinancialSamurai.com, which is a personal finance site. I started during the depths of the previous financial crisis in July 2009. So the Financial Samurai is like a blog where you post personal finance advice. Does that tie into real estate? Like, Is your advice for people to go out there and, and buy real estate or is it kind of dependent on their personal situation? So financialsamurai.com is a personal finance site. I talk about everything from investing in stocks to real estate, to early retirement, to career, to negotiating your layoff, to family finances, insurance, and so forth. So I try to cover every aspect of what someone would think about in their lives. And money really touches upon all of us. And real estate is about 40% of my net worth. And it's something that I've been doing since 2003 in San Francisco. And real estate is my favorite asset class to build wealth because it's a tangible asset, generates income. It's pretty sticky on the way down during tough times. And you get to benefit from the upside and it provides utility. What an amazing asset class to be able to enjoy it, provide shelter for your family, experience great memories, and maybe even make some money in real estate. So real estate has been my favorite asset class to build wealth. Second has been stocks. I was in the stock market, the business for 13 years. 
However, I think my favorite after stocks is online real estate. So owning web properties such as financialsummer.com. Nice. I never thought of it like that. Online real estate, I like that terminology. Okay. So you have 15 commercial properties. Is that your entire portfolio? Those are the ones that are in San Francisco, Honolulu, and Lake Tahoe? No, the property that I own in San Francisco, Honolulu, and Lake Tahoe are physical real estate properties that I've bought and that I enjoy and I use and I rent out and I'm an active landlord there. And regarding my commercial real estate portfolio, it's essentially through real estate crowdfunding where after I sold one of my main San Francisco rental properties in 2017, because I wanted to simplify life and diversify out of San Francisco, I basically invested in a fund that had 17 commercial real estate investments and two have exited and there's still 15 left. So my thesis was to diversify across the heartland of America, because back then I was thinking to myself, well, the cap rates are so low in San Francisco. We're talking two to 3% cap rates. And it's just so expensive here. And I had so many investments already that I needed to diversify. So with the proceeds that I got from the sale, I decided to diversify across the nation. And the thesis was that work from home would be more and more prevalent telecommuting, people would be able to go to lower parts of the country to still earn a similar amount of income, but save a lot on costs. And with the lockdowns and the global pandemic, I think that trend is definitely accelerating. And I'm excited to see what happens next. How do the returns from that fund you invest in compare to your rental properties? So in San Francisco, real estate has been going up at least, let's say since 2012, it's been a bull market. Real estate is up about 80 to 100%. And now it's probably plateauing right now. So San Francisco real estate probably increases by 6 to 7% a year. It has been. And that's been pretty good. Obviously, let's say you put 20% down. So you have leverage. So 6% return times 5, that's 30% return on your cash. So that's great. But it slowed down in 2018. And 2019 was kind of, uh, and it started picking back up at the end of 2019. And in early 2020, it was pretty good until everything started getting locked down. So now everything's in a wait and see mode. In terms of commercial real estate, since about 2015, 2016, when I started investing, because I invested before I had sold my main San Francisco rental property in 2017, the returns have been around anywhere from 12 to 16% a year, which is great, especially if you don't have to manage the property. And that's one of the things that I like about investing in these properties is because it's 100% passive income. You've got a professional manager there, you've got the lawyers and all those people doing the stuff and you just collect the income and you have to file the taxes. Now in 2020, things have obviously changed a lot due to lockdown. So I will have some losses on properties that are in the hospitality space. For example, hotel. I mean, surely that property has got to be going down in value because nobody's going to the hotel. It's like an airport hotel, a Sheraton in Dallas. But the portfolio is 15 properties. So I'm assuming there's going to be some losses, but overall, I think it's going to do well. And if we can rebound and get out of this lockdown phase sooner rather than later, hopefully third quarter of 2020, I'm optimistic that things will get back on course. Just to confirm that fund of 15 properties, you're getting 12 to 16% per year? Yeah. Wow. How do you find that fund? Well, there's a lot of real estate crowdfunding platforms. So Financial Samurai is a relatively large website. It's got about 1 million visitors a month organically. So there's a lot of opportunity. You just have to go way through a lot of opportunity. 
but there are many, many real estate crowdfunding platforms out there. So I've been able to talk to a lot of the top ones and a lot of the big ones. And some of them don't make it, frankly, but some of them do. And the assets they invest in or allow you to invest in are separate LLCs that continue to go on regardless of what the platform does. So in the old days, you would basically invest in a real estate fund through your network. You have a friend who's in real estate development who wants to raise some money. You participate, you're a limited partner and so forth. Today, you can go online. You can obviously buy REITs. You can buy private REITs and you can go directly through these platforms that connect you with other sponsors. So you found this deal through your website. Someone came to you with the deal or someone posted it on your website? Yeah, through my website, for sure. So one thing that we stress a lot is about building a brand, our podcast websites for building a real estate company. You talk about personal finance. Is that something that you have also mentioned owning online real estate, owning websites? So what is my advice you have for someone? Well, I guess then you also have a million organic views per month. So what's your advice yeah. for someone who wants to start getting into what you call the online real estate and owning a website? Should they build their own? Should they invest in someone else's website? What does investing in someone's website even look like? Things like that. I think one of the key things you have to do is own your brand and build your brand. You don't want another platform to own your brand. For example, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever. They are already huge companies and they're getting rich off your content and your brand. So instead of spending all your time tweeting about random stupid things on Twitter, build your own brand and start your own website and start talking about all the things you care about on your website. It's the green marble theory that I like to think about and say, and that is if you have a green marble, maybe it's the ugliest green marble in the world, you put it on eBay, someone will find that green marble and want to buy it. So you put yourself out there based on your own brand and what you care about, you are going to find your tribe organically eventually. Google obviously has been around for over a decade now. They've done their algorithms very well. They're going to help people who are looking for stuff that you like and connect. And that is really key to build your brand and do it on your own platform. The other thing is you need to be consistent. You can't give up before the roses bloom. Too many people I see just work for six months, maybe a year, and then they stop doing it, but they stop right before things start getting good. So I believe the secret to success is to do something very consistently for five to 10 years. After about three years, you should definitely start seeing some results, but too bad people can't stick with things for more than one or two years because they just want instant gratification. But this is a long game. And if you plan to be alive for decades, then you have plenty of time to build your brand. I really like the advice about building your own website, but specifically the five to 10 years thinking in terms of decades and rather than days and weeks and months. So you did mention about not going out there and tweeting your thoughts as opposed to do your own website and then you'll get found organically. So do you recommend just posting on the website and that's it? And then letting people find you on Google organically or should I still be sharing the content from my website on social media? Of course, you create the hub. You create your pillar, awesome content, whatever it is you want to talk about. You want to talk about real estate, go ahead. You want to be a real estate specialist, go ahead. You want to be a personal finance generalist or just focus on stocks and real estate and family finances. Whatever you want to do, the world is big enough. There's billions of people on the internet. Focus on what you care about and you are best at. And then the spokes are social media. Make sure what you're doing on social media is helping you build your brand, not hurt your brand. A lot of people have blown themselves up on social media saying things and then just getting fired or just crushed. 
And so think about the spokes after you build your hub, your own brand. So the spokes are maybe doing a podcast, getting on a podcast like this one, social media, maybe speaking at conferences if they ever come back, but focus on the hub. Okay, Sam, what is your best real estate investing advice, which you could also apply to personal investing advice too, but what's your best ever investing advice? In terms of real estate, I would say be patient. Every time you see an amazing property, it's just human nature to get all excited and say, I got to buy this. This is amazing. Please, nobody else bid against me. I got to buy, 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 buy. But the reality is, if you miss this one, it's okay. There's going to be another amazing property that'll come along. So I really stress patience and running the numbers, especially during a turning point where we don't know what's going to happen with the economy with 40 million plus people unemployed. Is the government really going to support us indefinitely? Are we going to find a vaccine within the next 12 to 18 months? There's a lot of uncertainty. So right now it's patience is a virtue. So don't rush. Don't go panic buying. Don't go panic selling. You've really got to run the numbers and think things through. And if you miss out, it's okay. There's going to be other opportunities along the way. Perfect. Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Are you looking to earn passive income through turnkey rental properties? If so, then go check out hipsterinvestments.com. Ali Boone's the founder of Hipster Investments. It's a aesthetically pleasing website, and you'll know what I mean when you go check it out. I just love the color palette. In addition to that, though, Ali has some wonderful content on both passive investing through turnkey rental properties as well as how to design your life. Go to hipsterinvestments.com. Okay, what is the best ever book you've recently read? Let's see. I have been recently reading Annie Duke's Thinking and Bets. I think it's an excellent book and an excellent way to think about investing. There's never a 0% probability or a 100% probability. There's always going to be some kind of gray area. And you got to think in bets, think in percentages. So right now with the S&P 500 at 3,000, for example, it's rebounded by over 32% from the mid-March lows. What is the expectation or probability that's going to go up back to its record high? Another 10% up from here. I would say maybe 30%. But that also means 70% is not going to get there. So in that regards, I position my portfolio according to the probabilities that I believe in. So thinking in bets. If your website traffic were to collapse today, what would you do next? Right now, I have about two hundred fifty to 65000 in passive income. Excluding my website, except for 50,000. 50,000 comes from selling a severance negotiation book. So if my website collapsed today, I would have about two hundred to $215,000 a year in passive retirement income. So that would be a 20% loss to my passive retirement income. And then I would basically look at my budget and make sure I'm spending within my means. Because that's obviously the bottom line. Personal finance, spend within your means. Now, in terms of the active income I was making from Financial Samurai through advertising and so forth, I would first take a moment to grieve because I've been working on this for 11 years. And then I would take a moment to be thankful that it's given me so much back in terms of 
community, in terms of learning from other people, in terms of doing something that provides me joy. And then I would think about maybe taking a six-month break. And then I would think about maybe starting something else better or newer and learn from my mistakes. What is your best ever way you like to give back? In terms of giving back, I think the best way to give back is to write in Financial Samurai. Every single article is free. There's no paywall. I talk about highly, highly pertinent things in our lives right now. Whether it's what should you do after the stock market has rebounded by 32% from the bottom? Should you buy, hold, sell? I talk about should I apply to preschool and spend $2,000 a month? Yes or no? Should I save X amount in my 529 plan so my child can go to college in 18 years when everything in 18 years will be free and college will be completely not worth its value? I talk about these important things for free and to help people engage and to encourage the audience to share their perspectives so that we can all learn from each other because nobody knows everything. And we all only know from our experiences and how we can do things better. So that's, I think, the best gift, to share what you know consistently for free to as many people as possible. Because so many people will just go through and live the same thing that you went through just the past 5, 10, 15, 20, 35 years. And they could avoid all those landmines if the experienced people spend some time sharing what they did wrong and what they did right. That's my plan. And then lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? Oh, just financialsamurai.com. I'm always reading the comments. You can always leave a comment. doesn't matter how old the post is. I'll see it. You can go on Twitter <laughs> if you want. But Twitter is something that I try not to spend too much time on. So basically, those two places are probably the best. Perfect. Well, Sam, I really appreciate you coming on the show today and providing your best ever advice. I think the biggest takeaway for me was your advice on owning websites and your analogy of the wheel and how you don't want to let other larger online platforms own your stuff. So you don't want to just be posting on Facebook or LinkedIn or, as you mentioned, Twitter. Instead, you want to be the hub yourself. So have your own website, focus on what you care about and what you're best at on that website. And then the spokes are the secondary outlet, things like social media, podcasts, getting on a podcast, speaking at conferences. Those things are not the hub the hub is you and your own website so start working on your own brand and building your own brand and make sure you're the owner of it and then how to actually grow that you talked about the green marble theory that you've got a green marble even if it's really ugly you put it on ebay someone's going to want that green marble so that if you put yourself out there and you talk about what you care about and you do it consistently and you don't give up before the roses bloom and by consistently you mean five to ten years not giving up after a year or two years or three years then eventually you'll find your own tribe organically. And then obviously you talked about your real estate portfolio, types of returns you're getting on it, how real estate is your favorite asset class to build wealth, followed by stocks, followed by owning real estate. So again, Sam, really appreciate you coming on the show. I look forward to reading through some of your content. I really like what you said about the, the college thing. I thought about it like that before. But again, thanks for coming on the show. Best of listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Great. Thanks a lot.